Welcome to Adventures in Aperture, the photography podcast that takes a deeper dive into the world of image making. In today's episode, we speak to a man who has turned his photography career up to 11. Matt Higgs is a professional music and live events photographer who has stood in the photo pit and captured some of the world's biggest artists in front of his lens. So Matt, we've known each other for a number of years now, and for as long as I've known you, you've been shooting music. And I know you shoot a lot yeah. of other genres as well. I know you're great at landscapes and you've you've dabbled in a bit of wildlife too, but it seems it's always been music that's pulled you back in. So let, let's start at the start. How did you get into music photography? Yeah, so I think music has probably been my... Um, uh, my my passion for the longest time out of kind of anything um and kind of it was only natural when i picked up my first dslr that eventually um i'd be turning it to music so uh, you know as soon as i had this device and i could take some half decent photos i started taking it along to um a few local shows and kind of building up that first initial portfolio which you know on hindsight a lot of those shots were absolutely awful but you know the the bug had bit me already you know I had a few photos of a few artists I liked and I really enjoyed taking those shots um so yeah I mean I started building my first portfolio together approached a few kind of little websites and magazines about um offering to do some work for them in order to get better access to to bigger shows and um, yeah, that was the slippery slope that eventually led me to here. I mean, music photography is is such a strange genre, isn't it? Really, because you're very time constrained. A lot of other genres, obviously, landscape. You've got all day and all sort of evening to get the photos. Portraits, even you might have a limited time with the subject, but you know, most of the time you're in the studio. You've got time to set everything up. In that photo pit, it's all different, isn't it? Um, Tell me about some of the challenges that you have to work within when you're you're at a gig shooting music. Yeah, I mean, like like you mentioned previously, you know, I, during my time working for different photography magazines and um, websites and stuff, that that was, you know, I, I got the opportunity to try my hand at lots of different types of photography, and I don't think it's too dramatic to say that um, when it comes to music photography, live music photography in particular. Um, personally um although it's massively rewarding and i love it i don't think there are a few genres of photography which is so um tricky to to kind of get right or or at least the circumstances and conditions to work under that are, that are quite as tricky i mean like you say you've you've normally got three songs to capture your shots within so you know 10 to 15 minutes depending on how long a band's or an artist's songs are um you've got no control over the lighting um and it particularly if it's smaller venues the lighting can be absolutely awful you know we, we're, we're talking all the worst things uh low light uh lots of you know saturated reds perhaps if there's um some some dodgy stage lights behind an artist um and then you've got a fast moving subject as well um and i can think of few other photography genres where you've got a limited time to capture your material, no control over lighting conditions, and the lighting conditions are normally awful, and a fast-moving subject as well. I mean, um, maybe wildlife photography is similar in the sense that you're kind of responding to what's 
happening um, in front of you or, you know, some kind of documentary photography. But often in those conditions, you might be working in daylight at least. Um, whereas obviously music photography, you can be in what is basically a pitch black room a lot of the time. Um, so it's it's definitely a challenge, but it, that also makes it super rewarding when you come away with some shots that actually you're, you know, you're pretty happy with. So obviously three songs, no flash. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Unless you happen to be working with the artist directly, in which case you might get a little bit longer. Or there are the odd, odd few artists which allow you to use flash. But I mean, you're talking one in fifty <laughs> shows that maybe you'll you'll get away with using flash, unless it's a re- you know a really small show and you happen to know the band or something where they're, they're probably okay with it. Um, the general rule uh, when you're in that that photo pit is yeah, three songs, no flash. So. I mean, that, that's what I was going to delve into next is that there's a lot of listeners are probably maybe even taking their camera along to a gig, tried some photography themselves. How did you make the leap from doing that, take, you know, being an enthusiast and then getting some images to then working with bands and, and then doing it more professionally? And then latterly, you know, this being your, your main gig, if pun the pun. um i mean it 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 was certainly something that i didn't do um overnight you know i I was i was probably shooting for i don't know six seven years um alongside other jobs i was doing and things before i really made a leap into this being a full-time thing um and it was only really when i was at a point where i had a portfolio that you know i i could I could show to artists, I could show to management, I could show to, you know, event producers and say, look, this is um, my work, this is what I can do, let me do it for you. Um, Or, you know, people had picked up on my work from social media and stuff and contacted me and said, you know, can you come along to this show, can you do this? Um, It's, it it wasn't something that kind of happened overnight. Um, It was, it was something where I picked up a little bit of paid work here, a little bit of paid work there. And eventually that got to a point where um, it could really be my main focus and I could, I could, you know, dedicate my, my time to, to this pretty much. I do a few kind of little corporate jobs and stuff on the side um, at the moment, just because inevitably they pay better than um, live music work, which uh, is extremely competitive. Um, so I do a little bit of corporate stuff just to top it up a bit um, because unfortunately I'm not touring 24 7 with massive bands but um but yeah i mean i've you know to get to the point where actually i was able to make um a steady income out of my live music work is um probably one of the biggest achievements that you know i've I've had in my in my life or my career if you will um and certainly something i don't take for granted i mean this was always a crime of passion for me anyway and i think that's one of the kind of the key things um i think if you go into um photography in general perhaps but certainly live music photography thinking that you're going to make this your career overnight um and it's it's going to pay your bills and blah 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 in the course of a couple of months you know if you manage it fair play you know you've done it a lot quicker than me but i think for a lot of people that's not the reality of the situation you know it's a real crime of passion you've got to dedicate an awful lot of time um to this pursuit before hopefully then you can um you can start charging for it and stuff. Of course, of course. And obviously you have started to reach those lofty levels. And we'll talk about, I saw lately that, um, that you've been nominated 
some of your images being nominated for awards. But we'll come on to that in a second because I, I, I just want to sort of give the listeners a perspective of what a typical week in your life would, would look like because I, I, I know you're going to say there's not a typical week, but what, what <laughs> yeah. sort of things would, would you do uh, and what would come across your sort of calendar over, over the course of seven days? I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's a tricky one because like you say, um, if, if there's one thing I've learned through uh, the last five years of being a freelance music photographer is that it's very hard to define a typical week. Um, and it is somewhat seasonal as well. I've seen the summer, um, you know, I can be doing, well, I think this summer I did 12 or 13 festivals across the summer. So a typical week might start on a, uh, well, start on a Friday, have me shooting a festival Friday, Saturday and Sunday, um, you know, starting 10 o'clock in the morning, finishing at one o'clock in the morning, um, kind of shooting a festival all day, editing the shots, turning them straight around for the festival and uploading them to whatever system they're using so they can get them straight out for kind of marketing and social media purposes. Um, and that will run through to, to kind of the, you know, the Monday when the festival finishes. Then I might do a bit more of an in-depth in edit and deliver them uh, a larger set of shots, which might then be the, you know, the Monday to the Wednesday. Then I'm probably doing a load of invoicing um, and a load of admin jobs then I'm probably traveling straight down to whatever festival I'm at next and doing the same thing again, kind of bookending my weeks um, with festivals. And that, that'll be the summer and for kind of three, four months, um, that's what I'm doing week in, week out almost. Um, it, it's, not very, uh, it's not very social for family or, or friends that are, don't happen to be at these events because, uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty full on. And then um, outside of festival season, you know, probably talking, uh, well, if I'm touring, I can be on the road for, you know, a week, two weeks, um, a different city every night, editing in the back of a van after a show, uh, as we travel to the next city, um, sleeping in some dodgy hotels or, uh, hostel floors half the time, because unfortunately I'm not working with bands that, uh, always have massive budgets. Um, or it can be, you know, two, three shows in London, um, and kind of shooting the shows, getting the shots edited, edited, pinging them straight over. Um, I mean, the other thing, I don't know if you want to go into this too much, but that I've been doing quite a lot now is um, videography as well. Obviously, a lot of gear is quite hybrid in terms of being able to capture both stills and video with it. And I'm shooting a lot of live video alongside my live stills now or doing little music videos and stuff as well. Um, so, yeah interchangeably during the week shooting two free shows shooting a music video doing my admin sending out those invoices um it really does vary but um yeah the time disappears pretty quickly that's for sure and is that another factor another element that drew you to this line of work it is you you don't want to be in the office nine to five you want to do this is a, this is an alternative sort of lifestyle really isn't it yeah it, i think you know maybe freelance in general um Definitely this kind of work in music, which is a, a lot of evenings and a lot of long days. Um, it definitely is a lifestyle choice. I think if you can't, um, if, if you're not comfortable with the, the fact that, yeah, it's not going to be a nine to five and um, it is going to end up kind of dictating a lot of your weekends and evenings, you really wouldn't want to do it because, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a crime of passion, like I keep saying. 
um my, my mindset was always i'd be a lot of these gigs anyway so i might as well be there camera in hand and and on the odd very odd occasion that i happen to go to a show now without my camera um i normally sit there just thinking oh, what would i be doing with this like how how would i be responding to what's happening on the stage now uh what would i be doing so like it's yeah it's a bit of a um it's a bit of a busman's holiday when I go to a gig because I just sit there thinking like this is this is what I'd be doing this is what I should be doing um I, I really can't enjoy it quite the same way anymore I have to be there kind of documenting it otherwise I just feel like I'm missing out on something that that fear of missing out is a very real thing of course of course so moving on I've sort of labeled this next sort of uh, element um crazy stories from the photo pit because you've talked about touring which must be an, an amazing experience um can you without sort of naming any names of course what's gone d- dramatically wrong or in, in the pit or what, what's made you laugh in the pit you know what sort of experiences have you had with the camera that people will just struggle to believe um uh, on a personal level I've, I've only really had good experiences um i I've had a few incidents where like crowd surfers have come over the top of a of a barrier and landed on the top of my camera and like you know knocked into my face or um I was shooting flash one show and the crowd surfer landed on the flash and snapped it clean off on the hot shoe um I've seen crowd surfers land on the front of a pit and knock all their teeth out um and just fill the pit full of blood um you know I've seen some some pretty dramatic things I've seen uh, this hasn't happened to me personally but i was there to witness it i saw an artist who didn't particularly like photographers feel like a photographer was a little bit too close to them and kick the camera out of their hands and then kind of watched in horror as their camera went bouncing down the photo pit i think it was a 5d mark three um, that took a few good good bumps and scrapes during that but thankfully that didn't happen to me personally um I've, I've yeah seen all sorts G- gigs are funny places uh, at the best of times certainly the, you know i shoot a lot of rock and metal and um you know you get people that have maybe had a few too many bevies and having a good time all sorts of crazy things can happen at a gig um <laughs> i understand what goes on on tour stays on tour yeah um yeah i mean to be fair most of the tours i've been on have been been relatively tame relatively tame um yeah good good stuff so let let, actually you mentioned about cameras um let's take a step back and do a little bit of gear talk what is your current setup and and why have you chosen to use that current setup yeah so um Currently, I've got two D780s um, for my stills, and then I'm kind of mainly shooting video clips on a Nikon Z6 Mark II. Um, and then glass-wise, I'm using um, F2.8s, basically the, the full kind of trilogy. So a 14 to 24, uh, a 24 to 70, and a 70-200. Um, and then... I kind of just pick those lenses depending on, you know, the perspectives that I want in my shots and, and the kind of venues I'm shooting as well. Festivals and arenas, often the 7200 is living on one of my cameras and then I'm coupling it with a wider lens just to get those kind of like uh, full stage and kind of larger arena Atmos shots or festival Atmos shots. And then at kind of academy size venues, so rooms, you know, where you're talking, you know, two, two and a half thousand people-ish. Um, generally, I'm using the 2470 coupled with the 1424. 
Um, and again, using them for the kind of larger contextual shots that also, you know, if an artist happens to get down onto the, the crowd barrier, making sure I've got a nice wide angle so I get those really dramatic perspectives. Um, the reason I'm, I'm kind of using those Nikon cameras is, um, as I'm sure many photographers have found, once you've started investing in, in lenses, um, it's kind of hard to switch brands. And, you know, my Nikons have always done me proud. Um, the full frame sensors, obviously in low light, are a massive uh, boost. The low light performance of the D7, the low light performance of the D780 is fantastic. Um, and I, I kind of know those cameras inside out. I know how far I can push them in terms of ISO and still get results that I'm happy with. I know how to change my settings without even thinking about what I'm doing. Uh, I know exactly what the, you know, the buttons are and stuff, which, you know, seems like a really obvious thing to say, but I think knowing your gear inside out, particularly in an environment where you've got very little time to respond to things that are happening in front of you, um, or, you know, something weird starts happening on the camera, knowing, knowing how to, you know, to sort it out in split seconds is, you know, really important because yeah, if, if you've got to start delving into deep menu systems or, or, you know, you've got an exposure issue, you're not really sure how to sort out. If that takes you, you know, 30 seconds um, and you've only got nine minutes to begin with, you know, you've just lost, you know, a tenth for your shooting time really, haven't you? So, um, Cool. So if I was yeah. to say I'm going to take away all, all of your lenses but one, which would be the lens that you would mm. keep? What's the, what's the go-to lens for music oh. photography? <laughs> it's such a hard one because it's so um venue uh dependent really you know whether you're like i say you shoot those arenas or the smaller shows i think the the one that probably covers the most bases most of the time is the 2470 f2a um i know a lot of music photographers that swear by their primes and don't get me wrong um Prime lenses are fantastic. I do have a, a range of primes that I genuinely, gen, genuinely, generally uh, uh, use as well, you know, um, interchangeably. But I think the 2470 uh, f2.8 for me is is the one lens that I would really miss. Um, like I say, when you're responding to situations that are happening in front of you, just having that bit of flexibility to be able to change up your compositions and or go a little bit wider if you need to, or a little bit tighter if you need to, and still having a nice fast aperture in order to maximize kind of how much light you can gather in those dark rooms. Um, that's the lens that, you know, is my workhorse. Um, like I say, I'm normally shooting with two cameras and nine times out of 10, whether it's a larger venue or whether it's a, a smaller venue, uh, the 2470 will be at least one of the lenses that I'm using. It's normally the second one that I'm changing. So um, yeah, let's go for that. Let's go for the 2470 F2.8. Good answer. So camera bodies and lenses aside, what's the one item of kit that is essential to a music photographer? Um, I mean, beyond the obvious kind of batteries and memory cards, um, which I also always make sure that I've uh, got plenty of, particularly at festivals, um, I think maybe I've, I've got a, a Holdfast Moneymaker strap, um, which I treated myself to a little while ago. Um, I used to have, a, I think it was a Black Rapid one before that. I think having a camera strap system where you can have two cameras um 
accessible at all times you know you can switch between them um that made kind of a big difference to kind of the results i was getting previously like we all did um you know or, or like we all do i just kind of had one camera in the pit and actually i'll go into that really quickly i think a lot of people look at music photographers in photo pits see them with two cameras and think these guys you know these girls they're so why have they got two cameras? They don't need one camera. You know, they only need one camera. Why are they just being greedy? Why are they, why are they got two? You know, like I said, when you've only got nine minutes, having the ability to, to, to vary up those compositions really quickly um, by just switching over to a camera and not having to spend, you know, 60 seconds switching, switching the lens, it just made such a difference. Um, I was able to really maximise the shots that I was getting and making sure that I always had a setup that could cope with, you know, what was unfolding in front of me uh, and not, wishing that I just had another lens attached. I mean, there's still those moments where inevitably if you've got two lenses, it'll be the third one that you wish that you had on at that time because yeah. that's just how life works. But um, but yeah, just having the ability to kind of tackle a situation with one of two choices rather than always being forced to use whatever I chose before the set. Um, yeah, that made a big difference. So, so having a camera strap system, which allows me to have both cameras close to hand, um, actually that's probably probably the thing that made a nice big difference for me cool so i mentioned a little bit earlier that um not one but in fact two of your images have just been um nominated in the is it the british photography awards yeah 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 i got a nice little email yesterday um so one of my shots uh, of black veil brides uh, uh download festival who i worked for this summer um has been nominated uh or been um shortlisted um, and then, yeah, one of my shots of skin from Skunk and Nancy at uh, Cambridge Corn Exchange as well. That's so, amazing. yeah, that, That's that was a, a really nice little email to wake up to. <laughs> Absolutely. And it shows just how far how far up you've, you've uh, climbed on the, on the ladder in the music photography world. Given that, that you, you know, you're sort of being nominated for these awards, what are the biggest lessons you've learned and the advice you'd offer to perhaps your younger self, you know, starting out in that photo pit, what are the things you wish you'd learned a, a while ago? Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a massive self-critic, so the first thing I'll say about those awards is that it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of artists, we're, we're all massive self-critics. Um, we all see what we could have done differently or what, what we could have done better. Or we look at the amazing work of those other photographers around us and we think, you know, oh, we should have taken that shot. Um, you know, all, all awards are subjective, obviously. You know, it, the, photography is an art form, you know. Um, but the thing about those awards for me is that it it, it shows that, somebody must like what I'm doing even if at points I'm being self-critical so maybe that's one thing I'd say to people is to you know not always be um so self-critical use it as a force to drive you on but also don't uh be kind to yourself don't tear into yourself um as much as perhaps I do at points um and what would what would I what would I say to kind of like uh, aspiring music photographers or whatever? I I don't know. I'd just say just enjoy it and um, you know I, I like I said, like I was saying before. I really think that music photography is a, is a crime of passion. So I think you know the the thing that I've always tried to do is just to enjoy it and not fret too much about where I was always going with it. Um, 
instead just capture the images that I wanted to capture and the artists that I like and kind of, yeah, just, just control the things that you can do. Just, 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 <laughs> I don't know, I'm rambling a bit here, aren't I? No, those are, those are really wise words. And, you know, it brings it back to being the motivation behind those years that you've you've sort of poured into this is that, you know, like you say, you, you could have done anything. You could have been out shooting landscapes. You could have set up a studio and done portraits. But you chose to sort of, you know, put those ear defenders in and sort of stand in front of those huge speakers and, and take photos because that's your passion. Yeah, it is. And I, and I think that's the thing. You know, I've, I've seen photographers come and go and I've seen photographers, you know, and I still see some of the same photographers I, I shared photo pits with when I first started and I think it's really about motivation you know if if it's your kind of passion and you're doing what you love it doesn't really matter how far you get with it or what money you do or don't make from it because you know you're living the experience in the moment anyway you, you know you're there you're doing what you love you're having fun you're having these cool experiences don't fret too much about where you're going with it um you know the, the reward is is there and doing it in itself um, anything else is a bonus at least that's how I've always looked at it <laughs> maybe I could have driven myself on forwards faster if that wasn't my mindset but I've always just tried to live in the moment and um, you know just do what I enjoyed um, Good stuff. Good stuff. anything else will come after <laughs> so talking future projects I mean obviously apart from picking up a couple of uh, awards for your amazing images in the next sort of few weeks um what does the next sort of six to 12 months look like for you? What, what projects have you got on the go? Is there anything you drastically want to change in your sort of setup or what, what's on the horizon for Matt Higgs? Um, I mean, I've got a few different bits and pieces in the works. I'm working currently, um, it's actually on my desktop as we speak on a, a bit of a live, um, music video for an artist called Alex Francis, who's a, a singer songwriter. Um, I'm just piecing that together at the moment. We, we shot some footage at a show he did in London the other day um, using all my Nikon gear. Um, so that's what I'm currently piecing together. I've been doing um, various different bits of work with a few charities which are kind of encouraging young people to get into photography more. Um, one of those schemes was sponsored by Red Bull. Um, one of them is kind of a, a more local charity based in um, Hitchin where I I am and that's for kids which have kind of um, been pushed out or have kind of left the normal school system um, and we're, we're, we're kind of like helping inspire them that you know you can you can do some pretty cool things with a camera and actually just just have some fun and just create um, and create what you want to create whatever you, I think that's one of the things that's really good about photography in general is that whatever your passions are you can you can apply photography skills to it um, be it photography or wildlife or portraits or whatever it may be um so I, yeah i'm working on those um and then in terms of kind of like live shows i've got a few live shows booked up um over the next few weeks it, it, it's a really tricky one because the very nature of freelance um normally means that i'm kind of beyond about a month uh, into the future I've got no idea what I'm doing <laughs> and sometimes that can be scary in itself because at points it looks like my calendar's absolutely empty um, but then but the, I know after five years of experience of doing this by the time I come around to that week I'm going to be absolutely stacked because I always am so um, yeah it's just a case of kind of seeing what comes along but yeah a few live shows 
few live music videos and then um, some kind of teaching bits that I do as well. Amazing. Well, Matt, thanks for being so generous with your time and, you know, for all the information and all the stories. And I know you're going to, you know, whatever you do over the next month or, or 12 months, I know you're going to smash it. So thanks again for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me.